0: This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by audible.com offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by TrekFan. TrekFan isn't just a Star Trek fan club, it's a challenge. You will explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. And in the spirit of an enlightened future, TrekFan is absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM.
1: Follow well, Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take it, in.
0: I sir. You will obey. It is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends. Welcome to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show by the original Star Trek series. This is a show where we dive into the characters, concepts, cliches, and other things that don't start with C about the original series. My name is Drew, or Landrew, I'm the TOS editor for the network, and with me today is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hey Mike. Hey, how's it going? It's going really good.
1: I saw that you watched the Lego movie yesterday.
0: I did. Yeah. It was the greatest thing.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> the greatest thing, huh? Had you seen it before?
0: No, I, I had waited. I didn't see it in theaters, so I waited until uh, I was going to wait for home video. And some friends of ours who have kids uh, got it on digital. And so they invited us over to watch it with them. And he's a really big Lego fan. They flipped out at all the Legos that I have at my house when they came over. and <laughs> So they were really excited to show it to me. And they were quoting along and stuff and singing and dancing and having a really good time. So it was a good audience to watch it with.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I was I was saying uh, on Twitter when I saw that, I'm like, you should have taken the kids to see 22 Jump Street since it's from the same directors and everything. I think that would have made a good double feature. They probably would have liked it.
0: I, I don't think so. No? Not, not, that, not that particular audience. The, the toddler especially. No? I don't think he would have it done very well.
1: Oh, well. They're missing out. But whatever.
0: <laughs> well, we're not talking about the Lego movie today. But we're also not really talking about TOS today. We're talking about the spinoffs, but not the spinoffs you're thinking of. Mike, I've been intrigued by this since you said that you had a list of spin offs of the original series that you probably don't think are spin offs to of the original series
1: well yeah, um, I mean, one of my big things is continuity and shared continuities and everything like that, and a lot of that stems from my love for Star Trek and the idea that you know this is like a huge universe with seven hundred and thirty something hours of programming so I've I've always been fascinated by this idea you know I mean part of it comes from reading comics and you know uh, all of the, the the publishers tend to put their properties into the same continuity and then you know mm-hmm. you see that it kind of like spill over into uh, other things that I've been very fond of like let's say Kevin Smith movies you know there's the viewisk universe and, and stuff like that and it's a very geeky thing, you know we all love to make these connections and see how it all fits together and because of that, I'm always on the lookout for these things. you know I'm always connecting the dots and and seeing how how it all fits together and mm-hmm. um I've noticed that there are a ton of movies if you connect a nut dots, there are a ton of movies and t v shows which take place in Star Trek continuity you know a lot of them directly referencing things from the original series, well some of them anyway, and then going on from there. So okay. so I thought maybe I could I could share a few with you today. There's basically Alrighty. there's basically three um, groups okay there's three, um things which are connected directly to Star Trek, which from there you can connect other things. Okay.
0: Okay. So these are going to be things that take place, in your opinion, in the Star Trek universe, in whether my... in the past or in the far future. Sure. Or...
1: Sure. In, okay. my, in my opinion, I guess. But it's there on screen. It's very obvious. I will show you. There's no denying it. It's there. <laughs> okay.
0: Don't tell me what I saw. I saw it with my own eye.
1: <laughs> now in order to give credit where credit's due. um, A lot of these connections were compiled by this amazing website called pubala.com, which was a big Mm -hmm. thing back in the day. You know, unfortunately, they haven't updated their website in over two years, which is very upsetting. But back in the day, they would uh, compile lists of all just television crossovers so they didn't even get into movies which you know there's a lot of these things which are connected through through movie spinoffs or whatever um, but uh, they, they were just focused on the television and they had like groups you know wh- where some of the groups were huge because mm-hmm. you'd have characters like let's say Detective Munch from homicide who later became a regular on criminal on Law and Order. SVU or something like that. And then you get all the Law and Order shows, and then all the the various crossovers that they've had. He shows up on uh, The Wire. He shows up on The Simpsons, The X Files, and then it's like, oh, okay. So that means that The X Files takes place in um, Arrested Development continuity. You know, I mean that. It's so so there's there's right. these things. You know, and and Star Trek itself wasn't really connected to much in there at the time but now it is mm-hmm. and there's a lot more connections than so so pubala gotta credit them um for sort of getting the ball rolling on on this thing there was also a very interesting article uh from geek magazine uh about a year ago which robert meyer Burnett's geek magazine uh i think it's more mark altman's M- M- geek magazine i guess they're pretty much the same person right no i, I guess <laughs> Yeah, but uh yes, that Geek magazine. It was it was it was an article written by a guy named Scott Fraser. Okay. And uh and there's a few other things here there. Then there's a, a lot of stuff which I kind of put together, you know, from various interviews and stuff. Nothing revolutionary. It's not like I came up with any of these things. It's all stuff that's there. It's just you got to look for it. So Okay. So the so, fir- so first off, First off, this
0: article takes place in Free Enterprise continuity because of Geek Magazine.
1: Yes, yes, it does. So, yeah.
0: So we take place in Free Enterprise universe.
1: Right, which means then that we also take place in the Dodgeball universe and Fanboys universe and uh, Festival in Cannes universe, because all of those are part of what I like to call the Shatnerverse (laughs) <laughs> which is uh, the the universe in which William Shatner plays himself. you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. The first one is just a single one-off thing, which is very strange, which I would have never been aware of. And uh, someone submitted it to Pubala, and they did a story on it. And, and it doesn't really connect to much more than this. But you ever watched Knight Rider?
0: Yes. I was in love with Knight Rider. I actually wrote my local TV station when they took these syndicated episodes off like the repeats i was like six mm-hmm. and i wrote my local tv station i got a letter back saying you know sorry you know some deals don't go through all the way and we can't show the repeats anymore and <laughs> yes i was in love with night rider
1: okay yeah I, I didn't really watch it that much i do remember when i was a really little kid watching in my my uncle had like a black sports car Oh, yeah. And it had like some sort of like voice thing where it was like, please fasten your seatbelt. you know I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's a kit, right? Yes. okay. So then as a Knight Rider fan, does that are are you also a fan of Team Knight Rider? No, okay.
0: I know that it exists, but it's one of those things that I found out years later after the internet, like I did not know this was a thing.
1: Okay. All right. well, maybe maybe it's time to check out Team Knight Rider. Because there's an episode of Team Knight Rider in which a guy creates an earthquake machine and he's wreaking havoc by causing earthquakes or something. And okay. to be fair, I haven't seen this episode. I've just read about it, okay? okay. And, and they, they do a cute little thing where I guess one of the characters from the show, his name is Trek, okay, <laughs> whatever... And he was involved with the creation of this earthquake-making machine, and because of that, he gets involved in, you know, trying to stop it and everything. And this, you got to keep in mind, this show aired in, like, 97, 98, okay? Mm-hmm. So, the, his, his mentor, okay, the guy who actually created the earthquake machine was a scientist named Jackson Roykirk. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Nice. Jackson Roy Kirk, of course, is uh, the scientist who Mid-earth created Nomad. Nomad, right? <laughs> and that was in 2020. So you got to figure this is early on in his career. He's like, "Hmm, earthquakes. That's interesting. Let me try doing that." Doesn't go so well. So then he's like, "Okay, maybe I should shift my uh, my my field of expertise into artificial intelligence." Something along those huh. lines. You know?
0: Space probes. Okay.
1: Right. But I mean, surely, I mean it fits. You know, same time period and everything. How many Jackson it works. Roy Kirks are there? You know?
0: I like it. I like it.
1: Yeah, same profession. So that means that Knight Rider, since Knight Rider is a spin off of or since Team Knight Rider was a spin off of Knight Rider, then that means Knight Rider takes place in Star Trek continuity too. I love it. So far, I'm with you one hundred percent this okay.
0: makes my this makes my day
1: okay all right so now let's move on to the second one. Now, this is a very obvious one, which everyone who has seen the movie knows because it's the very first thing you see in the movie and it's one of my all time favorite movies, Kill Bill
0: yes, just rewatched it the other day really yes it's awesome, right it's so incredible it is i I just was like. Jessica wasn't really doing anything, and I was. she's like, just pick something to watch. And so I was just like, we'll watch the beginning of Kill Bill. Four hours later, we watched both of them, (laughs) and I was like, oh, okay.
1: So that happened. That's the way it works, because it's Kill Bill, and it's awesome. And what's the very first thing you see in Kill Bill? The best title card ever created. Revenge is a dish
0: best served cold. Old Klingon proverb.
1: Old Klingon proverb. It's not attributed to anything else. It's not attributed to... Dangerous liaisons, or whatever it was that it came from, or any of that stuff, it's old Klingon proverb. Okay. Not Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. It's just old Klingon <laughs> proverb. Okay. And some people might say, oh, that's a little, a little weak, you know. But the thing you got to keep in mind is Quentin Tarantino's take on movie universes and shared continuities and everything like Mm -hmm. that. And that's going to lead to a bunch of other things here. So Kill Bill, I'm going to say that right there means that Kill Bill takes place in Star Trek continuity. Okay. Okay. Kill Bill is in the movie movie universe. Okay. Quentin Tarantino's movie movie universe. For those people who don't know, there are two Tarantino Universes. There's the movie universe and the movie movie universe. The movie universe is the ones which are a bit more grounded in reality, like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, that kind of thing. The movie movie universe are the ones which are a little more out there, like From Dusk Till Dawn, Death Proof, and Kill Bill. Okay. The movie movies are the movies that. Okay. Let me let me rephrase it. No.
0: No, no, oh, I read about this. Okay, all right, go for it. That that Kill Bill, theoretically, Uma Thurman's character in Pulp Fiction, right, is was an actor. So Kill Bill, it was probably one of her early movies. So it's a movie that was made in this
1: Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction universe. I hadn't heard that, but that could definitely work. Okay. Yeah, I mean that 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 could that could work because. The movie, movie universe, those movies are the movies that the people in the movie universe go to when they go to see movies. Yes. So, Pulp Fiction characters would have gone to see Kill Bill, okay? Apparently right. Apparently, they would go to see Star Trek as well, because Star Trek would be in the movie, movie universe, if you want to look at it that way.
0: But if Star Trek, the movies, were in the movie, movie universe, and they went to see Star Trek movies, then... So Star Trek, the line is drawn, that doesn't take place in the Pulp Fiction universe. Pulp Fiction universe doesn't lead to Star Trek, but Kill Bill leads to Star Trek.
1: Right. Although there, I, okay. there is like a whole meta thing here, which we can get into in a second. But, okay, some people will say, well, that's just something that some dude is saying, where's the evidence on screen? You know, sometimes you need that hard evidence on screen, right? Just like with mm-hmm. Star Trek, you know, are the books canon? no. Is this thing that this creator said canon? Maybe not if it's not up on screen. But there are things up on screen which do connect these movies. For example, okay. in Kill Bill, you've got Earl McGraw, right, who shows up. Who's played by by Michael Parks. He shows up in From Dust Till Dawn. That was his first appearance. Obviously, From Dust Till Dawn is related to From Dust Till Dawn Two, Texas Blood Money, and From Dust Till Dawn Three, The Hangman's Daughter. But then McGraw also shows up in Planet Terror and Death Proof. And, of course, there's the trailer for Machete at the beginning of those movies, so they're connected. Mm -hmm. So there's Machete and Machete Kills. Uh, So all of those are in the same continuity, easily. Right. But then you've got other little things like Red Apple Cigarettes, which is, is, is Tarantino's brand. Those appear in Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Four Rooms, Jackie Brown... I'm probably missing a few, okay? Okay. You've also got Big Kahuna Burgers, which appear in things like Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction, obviously, is the big yeah. one. It's also in um, some stuff that you, you may not think, like The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D. <laughs> so Shark Boy and Lava Girl definitely fits into uh, Pulp Fiction continuity. Um, well, maybe, maybe it's the movie movie universe. So definitely right. it fits into Kill Bill continuity. And, uh, by extension, Star Trek continuity. But then there's other things. Like, uh, now I don't remember how many of these actually have them, but there are some weird character connections and stuff. Like, Inglorious Bastards. One of the characters from that is the grandfather of one of the characters from, I think, True Romance. And True Romance is connected because uh, they mention Alabama, who is played by Patricia Arquette. In Reservoir Dogs, okay,
0: okay, and,
1: and then there's natural born killers, you know, makes makes a reference and everything like that, and Django Unchained as well, you know, they're they're all connected. Django Unchained <laughs> leads to Shaft because Carrie Washington's character is like the great 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 grandmother of Shaft. Her name is like I forget her first name, but it's it's something something Von Shaft. So the the idea is that you know her great 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 grandson is shaft which by the way was written by john df black who uh, was a producer on the original series so it makes sense you know i mean obviously <laughs> when he was writing shaft he was like i need to think about this in terms of star trek you know because yes. one day it will all be connected you know it just hasn't been <laughs> i'm sure been that was yet. on the forefront of
0: his mind we should ask him
1: yeah yeah and then you also got uh kind of a a cool, a very, very cool connection with Jackie Brown, where that was based on a book by Elmore Leonard, of course, and there was this character Ray Nicolette in there who was played by Michael Keaton. And almost simultaneously, Steven Soderbergh was making another Elmore Leonard adaptation, this one of Out of Sight, which also Features the character of Ray Nicolette. Because just like Tarantino and and Star Trek and everything, Elmore Leonard's books are all connected. Okay? Okay. So two movies completely unrelated to each other, both of which have the same character, Ray Nicolette. Now, they didn't do a Quicksilver thing and be all, oh, here's my Quicksilver, and oh, here's my Quicksilver, and even though, you know, everyone wants to see the same thing and these movies tie in together, we're not going to do that because we're owned by one company and you're owned by another company, and God forbid, you know? (laughs) What they did was they were like, oh, you've got Ray Nicolette in your movie and you've got Ray Nicolette in there, and oh, oh, Tarantino, you're using Michael Keaton? I wonder if that would work for my movie. So Tarantino said to Steven Soderbergh, who was directing Out of Sight, why don't you come over to my editing room? You can watch all of my footage with Michael Keaton and see whether or not that's the idea that you had for the character. And if it is, then you can cast Michael Keaton, and then we can both (laughs) have Michael Keaton play the same character in these two movies, which are released like eight months apart. And sure enough, and that's what they did. Cool. It's super cool. Yeah. So, out of sight takes place in Star Trek continuity as well, which is great. Okay, so that's so that's that. That takes care of pretty much the Tarantino universe. There's one little movie which can be left open to debate. Okay. Okay. Now, From Dusk Till Dawn obviously takes place in the movie movie universe, right? And since vampires, right? And since the movie movie universe are that's the movies that people in the movie universe watch then that means that they're being made in the movie universe, right? So you think that there's a Quentin Tarantino in the movie universe? I think that there is. And I okay. think, and, and there's there's a movie called Full Tilt Boogie, which is about the making of From Dusk Till Dawn. <laughs> I <laughs> so say that that this documentary, documentary it takes, takes place
0: in the movie universe. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> so we'll just throw that in there too. And the director
0: just happens to look like the
1: cleaner from Pulp Fiction, and well, that's that's the other weird connection there. Okay, because the the Wolf, right, who is Uh from Pulp Fiction, who Harvey Keitel plays in Pulp Fiction, he is a movie movie universe character. Okay, here's the thing. Let me go back. (laughs) Characters from the movie movie universe can go to each other's movies, no problem. They can cross over. And characters from the movie universe can cross over in each other's movies, no problem. But characters from the movie universe cannot go into the movie movie universe and vice versa, with one exception. There's one exception. The wolf, Harvey Keitel's character from Pulp Fiction. He is a movie movie universe character living in the movie universe, and he can go back and forth between the two universes whenever he wants. Okay. Why? I don't know. It's just what See, Tarantino has said.
0: What's crazy is I was going to poke a hole in your theory with, you know, well, in *Inglorious Bastards, Hitler dies in that movie theater. Yeah. But, you know, obviously in the Star Trek universe, with all the Hitler references and stuff, he he didn't. But *Inglorious Bastards takes place in the movie universe, not in the movie
1: movie universe. I think it's the movie movie universe. You think *Inglorious Bastards is movie movie? I'm pretty sure because of that. Okay. But, I mean, just because there's Hitler references, I mean, in Star Trek, do they ever talk about how, like, Hitler died or how That's World true. War Two ended? Okay. I mean, they never get into specifics. So. All right. I'll give you that. Okay. All right. What else you got? Okay. So, here's the third one, which is uh, sort of, um, like, those are, you know, things where you took elements from Star Trek and built on them. Mm-hmm. This is something where something was brought into Star Trek to make it part of something which already existed. Okay? Okay. And I think you're going to know what it is. It happened in 2009 with J.J. Abrams' movie. Okay. I see where we're going. Okay. I think. J.J. Abrams, is uh, his, his stuff takes place in a shared continuity, most of which is bonded by fake companies. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of them, you know, but the one that everyone points to is slusho, right? Slusho being the drink, which you see people drinking in things like Alias, Cloverfield, Fringe, Super 8, right? Mm -hmm. It's also the thing that uh, the bartender pushes on Uhura at the, you know, towards the start of Star Trek 09, right? Okay. She's, like, going through the whole thing. She's, like, Cardassian Sunset, Budweiser Classic, and he's, like, try the slush show. And she's, like, And the slush show. All right. You know? So Mm -hmm. with with that little reference, Star Trek fits into Alias Continuity, (laughs) Heroes, this thing shows up, Cloverfield, Fringe, and Super 8. Now, the guy on, on Geek talks about how since Fringe deals with, like, parallel timelines and alternate realities and everything you could say that you know like it exists in one but not the other and you can explain away a lot of problems through that through the alternate yeah. realities okay but you know whatever there's that like explain cloverfield away and that it's an alternate fringe reality right yeah and that's why no one ever talks about it although it could exist you never know there's also mm-hmm. um the the name of the company which i forget now this is kind of getting into like expanded universe stuff, right? Because it's not actually on the screen, but there is a company from Cloverfield called Tagruato company, right? Mm-hmm. Which is apparently the company that the dude who they're having the going away party for is going to go work for in in Japan in in right. Cloverfield. And there's a whole big backstory with that. Uh, there was One a... of their
0: satellites fell out of the sky or something, and maybe woke the Cloverfield monster. There's, I, I, I remember being involved in the ARG.
1: Yeah, there was something about that, something about the 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 satellite thing. Now, apparently, according to all that stuff, Tagruato is the company that makes Slusho, and the key ingredient of Slusho is seabed nectar, mm-hmm. which they get from, well, I guess the bottom of the sea, right? Where big monsters would probably live. Right. So they were mining this stuff. They were drilling for it. And that's what woke up the monster. Okay. That's the the, the (laughs) hidden backstory. But regardless, any of that, that doesn't matter. What matters is that, um, and it's very obvious, you can't help but see it. When the shuttlecraft are flying up to the Enterprise... You know, and and you hear the the, the awesome you know like theme.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: As there's one after that amazing shot of the shuttlecraft. You know, and they're they're flying, and you see the city in the background. There's a, like a, a skyscraper, and, and one of the skyscrapers has a very distinctive red logo on it, and that's the Tagurato logo, right? Wow. So that's definitely Star Trek because of JJ. Definitely takes place in. Alias, Cloverfield, Heroes, Fringe, and Super 8 Continuity.
0: And I know that one of those had an oceanic reference.
1: A lot of them had oceanic references. Um, which means
0: that they take place in the Lost Universe.
1: Yes, they do. There's a lot of other shows, which I never knew about, which also have oceanic references, like Diagnosis Murder. Um <laughs> LAX, which which I guess makes sense. There was a show that okay. lasted like five minutes. The War at Home. And uh, JAG. Now, of course, JAG nice. is a spinoff, right? Or was the other one a spinoff? Whatever. There's NCIS, right? Yes, which is a spinoff of JAG. JAG, yes. right. And then, uh, and then there's also now NCIS Los Angeles, right? Right. And soon to be NCIS New Orleans, starring... Scott Bakula. Oh God. Oh jeez. So oh. I don't know. I hope that I hope
0: that he, his last name is Archer. Wouldn't that his, be awesome?
1: I mean, if they don't do that, then, then what's, they have to. What's wrong with them, right?
0: They have to know of all of these tangential references to one another. Yeah, because everybody knows this stuff, right?
1: Right. <laughs> now there's another one, Chuck. Ch- yes, Chuck says. At one point, because there's the whole thing with the intersect where he gets all this information, right? And at one Mm -hmm. point, it says, like, Oceanic Flight 118, or whatever the flight was from Lost, you know. Got shot
0: down by a missile. Right.
1: And then on Pubala, and I actually wrote a letter to them at one point saying...
0: (laughs) I'm sure you did. Because on Pubala... I was going to suggest
1: if you had (laughs) On Pubala, they say, like, well, that's just kind of a cute reference. That doesn't count because... That's not what all of really... these are cute references. <laughs> Let's be real here.
0: <laughs> there, what?
1: <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. We shall see. But, you know, they're like, well, that doesn't really count because that contradicts what actually happened on the thing. You know, and I was like, oh, but that's in an too alternate
0: bad. universe, right? In an
1: alternate <laughs> universe, it would work. But the thing that Max pointed out, which makes perfect sense when you think about it, is um, later on in the show, it's revealed that a lot of the information in the intersect, a lot of the information that they put into his head is inaccurate, you know? Mm-hmm. So that could be a piece of inaccurate information that they got as a way of covering up what actually happened to the plane.
0: Ah,
1: So I say that... I can Chuck, see that. So Chuck does fit into the continuity. Scott Bakula... Does Chuck make Star Trek references? He does, but so do other things. You know, I mean, to me, that doesn't mean that there can't be a show called Star Trek. I mean, even Kill Bill... Later on, she's like, the the woman who less who, who's dressed like, Just like like a villain from Star like Trek, like a villain from Star Trek, right? Okay, but that's fine. You know, you can still do that. You can still have a show called Star Trek. Maybe maybe, maybe okay. that would explain some of the inconsistencies with Star Trek. I don't know, but you know, Scott Bakula is on Chuck as well. So oh gosh, I don't know what that means. Uh... But now there's another really, really cool connection, which I love, which may be my favorite connection here. In Chuck, there's an episode where they're doing like sort of a a diehard ripoff. Mm -hmm. And Sergeant Al Powell shows up in the episode.
0: Oh, no. And
1: he's not even like, it's not just like, oh, that's the actor who played Sergeant Powell. That is Sergeant Al Powell, you know? They say it. Oh, my
0: god! Or was it his
1: cousin? I forget. It's been a while since I've seen it. But because of that, Die Hard definitely takes place in Star Trek continuity.
0: Okay, yes. I was going to say nothing could be cooler than the Knight Rider, but yes, Die Hard took <laughs> place in Star Trek continuity.
1: Wow. Yeah. Which of course also means you know Die Hard two, three, four, five. Are there five of those things now?
0: There are five of those things. Yeah.
1: And then and then now there's another one. Which this might be a little iffy but i'm I'm gonna say it it takes place now die hard was based on a book which was part of a series of books about this dude yes and one of the other books in that series was made as a movie with frank sinatra called the detective it's Mm -hmm. it's not the same character right some things were changed but to me is just a character's Reference, You know, I mean, since The Detective and the book that Die Hard was based on, I forget the name of it, because they're they're all based on books or articles and stuff, and they all have weird titles. Since those take place in the same continuity, Mm -hmm. is there any reason to think that the movies don't? No, I don't think so. Okay. Then I'm going to say The Detective, starring uh, Frank Sinatra, which is a good movie, by the way, also takes place in Star Trek continuity. Oh, and that reminds me of one more. Air Force, <laughs> Air Force, which was a uh, World War Two Air Force movie um, directed uh-huh. by Howard Hawks, like that was made back in the 40s. There is a, the main character in that is a guy named Wanaki, who is absolutely 100% the character that Christopher Walken is talking about in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so, Air Force is in the movie universe so there's okay. that too <laughs> and I think that's about it I can't think of any others so so here's what we've got so far we got Knight Rider Team Knight mm-hmm. Rider Kill Bill mm-hmm. From Dusk Till Dawn and, as well as 2 and 3 Planet Terror Death Proof Machete Machete Kills Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction Four Rooms Jackie Brown Air Force Inglorious Bastards Django Unchained True Romance Natural Born Killers Full Tilt Boogie the Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl, <laughs> Out of Sight, Shaft, Alias, Heroes, Cloverfield, Fringe, Super 8, Lost. Oh, yes. There was a show called Eli Stone. Um, yes. I don't really remember anything about it, but at one point- He was point, a lawyer or something. Right. Yeah. And at one point, they do some banking at like Credit Dauphine, which is the bank, which is the front in Alias. So so Eli Stone gets added to the mix. (laughs) Alias, Diagnosis, Murder, JAG, NCIS, as well as Los Angeles and New Orleans, LAX, Lost, The War at Home, Chuck, Die Hard, 1 through 5, and The Detective. Oh, oh, and one more here. I don't know whether or (laughs) not this counts, but Machete, right? Okay. That character... Well, he always had the idea. Robert Rodriguez always had the idea to have, you know, um, Machete, you know, in a movie and have it be played by Danny Trejo and everything like that. He had this idea for years and uh, never really was able to to pull it off until, like, after giving up, after years of trying, he was just like, this is never going to happen. Well, I should just put Machete in a movie. And the movie that he put him in was Spy Kids, where he's the uncle. Wait, what? In in Spy Kids, you know, their uncle is Uncle Machete, played by Danny Trejo. And his Holy secret origin is that he was a spy and all this stuff. So I, I've watched I was
0: gonna it. say, is there any way we can tie Spy Kids 3D into Star Trek continuity with Ricardo Maltaban? And you just did.
1: Yeah, you can. So so there you go. There's that. But now get ready for your mind to be blown, okay? I'm not ready. Okay. I can't spy kids too there's a scene in that in that movie right where they're digging through I don't remember because I've only seen it once but I remember this scene vividly they're they're like in like a a room full of like treasure you know gold and everything and they're okay. digging through these treasures trying to find things and at no. one at one point the girl picks up a thing and no. looks at it and she's like, huh. And then she tosses it over her shoulder. The thing that she picks up is the fertility idol fertility from Raiders idol of the Lost Raiders.
0: Ark. Oh, God.
1: So that means that Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull all take place in Star Trek continuity. Uh, but now, here's the question. So we've got all of those things. All of those, those things. Uh, I don't even know how many that is. It's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, with... The slusho-verse, which, granted, doesn't include Mission Impossible 3, which is very unfortunate. A lot of people are wondering, is JJ going to stick slusho into Star Wars? Because if he does, that means that Star Wars is a prequel to Star Trek.
0: (laughs) I died. I just died.
1: Yep so something to look forward to something to to watch out for and i know there are oh. a lot of people who are like oh well you see r2d2 flying by the thing in the new movie that doesn't really count that's just, right. a, just like the
0: millennium the, falcon flying and tacking the board cube and first right, contact right. that are, that yeah. doesn't
1: count but if there's a slusho in there maybe that would explain where slusho came from you never well, know i'm
0: going to i i actually the the font that they use in the star wars movies uh, a rubbish I can recognize a lot of the letters I need to brush up on that before episode seven because I'm sure that they'll walk into a bar or past a fast food place or something
1: and it'll say Slusho in the star wars font and that's all we need yep yep so something to think about something to think about and if I missed anything please listeners let me know yes don't don't hesitate to to
0: stretch credibility even further mm-hmm and, I've, God, I just thought about how all of those now tie into each other. The slush verse ties into the Quentin Tarantino
1: movie-movie-verse, which ties into... Right. Oh, jeez. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Wow. Well, thanks for that. No, yeah, no problem. It's it's fun. So next time, ne- next time you're watching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, just think about how somewhere out there is, you know, like uh, Captain Kirk's ancestors just doing their thing. <laughs> Is it ancestors? Yes, ancestors. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, it was fun talking about random
0: spin-offs of the original series today. But that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. So here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on
1: Trek.fm,
0: Standard Orbit.
1: I mean like like it's it's been talked about, you know, by shatner that he's like, "Oh, I wanted to have the Enterprise find God or something like that." Well, how does that work? Right, uh, you know, and it's like, well, it doesn't work the way you're doing it in this movie. Earl Grey. What if it was like a geeky tween boy? Data, Data, where are you? (laughs) They're just like, shut that up. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Data, I've got a problem.
0: The Ready Room. When they finally do get rid of Decker, it's on Kirk's personal authority as captain of the Enterprise. And like, it seems to me if you're, say, a captain in the U.S. Navy and an admiral takes command of your ship, you can't just like get rid of him because of your personal authority as captain of the ship. The orb. And again, it's it's something as you know as we said before, the system is not set up to allow him to express that idea in any other way, but by the spectacle of this trial, which would presumably be impossible to hide, it is a way for him to express this alternate viewpoint that maybe the the morality of his society is uh, is under threat. To the journey, we are here to talk to you about a very heavy-handed topic. This is kind of a dark area for us. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about death and Voyager. Commentary, Trek Stars. When they fall out the pod people, and they say, why, what year is it? And Data says, why, it's the Earth year 2364. I fell off my chair 47 <laughs> times. It's like, <laughs> they just put the, oh, my okay, okay.
1: Warp 5. Archer doesn't close himself off to any possibility. He takes the evidence and comes to the best choice that he can and that's not always easy for anyone but that's the kind of person that Degra is too. Melodic Treks
0: In fact it had two versions of the theme, one which ran from seasons 1 to 3 and one which ran from season 4 onwards. Now some people prefer the first music with the poignancy of the lone trumpet, others prefer the second incarnation. Continuing Mission If we were to sort of able to rewrite the
1: canon, the uniforms we've got, they were the uniforms in the middle of Enterprise and TOS, but because they were designed during a time when peace wasn't as prosperous as it is in the original series, the uniforms did have a bit more
0: of a militaristic look to them. Literary treks. You know what I love about comics, though, sometimes is what happened here in this panel with Beverly and Troy Clearly, Troy's stunt double wandered into the scene. As was say, is that Troy? <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the daily Trek Talk. You find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. We actually have some fan feedback. Uh, we got a message from Thomas from New Jersey. And he says, I just listened to episode six with Dave Rossi about Remastered. I own DVDs of seasons two and three, but original Fex DVDs of season one. I've been very curious of the project and loved the interview. Very informative as well as entertaining. Now I want the Blu-ray since there might be more content than the DVDs. I respect the creative talents applied in the 60s and usually prefer that. However, I'm amazed at the new process. Fun to hear about clash between Denise Okuda and Dave. I never saw the remastered version, and I don't own it, so can you tell me if the Gravestones' name was ever changed to T, or if they stayed with R? Great show, and glad it's not gossipy. Wish there were more episode reviews, but I'm a new listener, and more are in the archives. Well done. Well, thank you, Thomas. Yeah, thanks. It, it is still R. Yes, they did decide that there were way too many shots to rotoscope out on their schedule, but uh, I'm still looking for a fan edit to, to fix that. Because <laughs> I'm sure that, that one fan with enough time and boredom can can fix that for us. Yeah, it seems like a pretty easy fix. And as for episode reviews, you'll find them uh, on the Ready Room. We try to keep Standard Orbit to topics and, and character studies and things like that and leave the episode reviews to the Ready Room because there's plenty of episode review shows out there that just go through the whole series.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and and we show up on on those uh, on occasion, too. You're on, like, all of them, right? Right. All the TOS ones. Yeah. Since two years ago.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Well, we also have another message from Brad in Virginia. And Brad says, hey, guys, geez, I didn't realize it had been 30 years since the search for Spock. Actually, in spite of it being an odd-numbered Trek movie, the scenes of stealing the Enterprise and the battle between the Enterprise and the Bird of Prey slash death of the Enterprise makes this almost even-numbered in quality. I like the description. (laughs) I thought about what you said about bringing Spock back, sort of defanging Wrath of Khan, but I don't know if I agree with you. Yeah, the cynical part of my brain says that the studio decided the needs of the studio outweighed the needs of the fan— but given Spock's appearances in everything from TNG to being a major lichpin in the JJ-verse, this might have been the right decision. The other point I wanted to throw out there for you guys is that the whole thing with David and his use of protomatter in the Genesis device. When I saw it, lo, those many years ago, the thought came to my mind that, that David was his father's son. In Wrath of Khan, when they were in the Genesis cave, and Kirk explaining how he beat the Kobayashi Maru test, David sneered and said he cheated. But I think that he wanted to show that David was James Kirk's son, because when it came right down to cases, he cheated too. Sure, it would have been easier to say that it was just the device was detonated in a nebula, but that would have not connected David and Kirk as clearly. Something to chew on. Thanks, guys, for the podcast. B. Yeah,
1: thanks. Uh, You know, I agree that having Spock in the series since Wrath of Khan has been a, a good thing. I just wish that they would have found a better way to bring him back and maybe not brought him back as soon. And I do think that regardless of that, it still does defang Wrath of Khan. You know, Even though we ended up getting a bunch of cool stuff, maybe it was for the good on the whole. I still think that if you just look at it in terms of Wrath of Khan itself, it does kind of mess it up. And the stuff about David, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, and uh, it's
0: an interesting idea. I like it, too. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to share your thoughts with us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone, and you can talk to us and other listeners in our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you
1: out of orbit? You can find me right here on Trek.fm doing Commentary Trek Stars with Max, and you can also find me on commentarytrackstars.com where I talk to Max and Brandon on Commentary Trek Stars off-topic where we discuss pretty much whatever we want, like crossovers. And you can also find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. And you can find me on Twitter at 005, l e o f i v e.
0: And you can find me on various other shows around the network, like The Ready Room. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. I actually have something for everybody today. All right, what is it? Um, a friend of mine wrote a book called The Secret History of Star Wars. I've contributed to his website. He's got another website, which is secrethistoryofstarwars.com. And he's got another website, uh, SaveStarWars.com. I've contributed to both of those sites on my other love, Star Wars. So he wrote a book a few years ago called The Secret History of Star Wars. And it goes through uh, George Lucas's writing process and his history and old interviews with him. Uh, kind of like what These Are the Voyages does, but for Star Wars. What's great is that his publisher allowed him not only to make a revision... After like the making of Star Wars, the big official uh, Rensler book came out. They allowed him to go back and make a second edition, uh, clean up some stuff. People said that uh, he rambled on a bit, repeated himself a lot. He he managed to get it edited down much better, and they let him make an audiobook version. The audiobook is narrated by Josh Robert Thompson, who is an a, a professional impressionist. He's the guy who does the uh, currently does the voice of Jeff the Robot on colin ferguson's late night show Hmm. and so he's done he did uh, his morgan freeman impression for morgan freeman on on the uh, ferguson show (laughs) but he also does a very good george lucas and this is the best part so you go through the book and i'm listening to it right now and he you, you go through the book and it's just you know just a guy reading the book but when he gets to and then george lucas said well, the thing is that people say, so all the direct quotes from people, he does an impression of that person. So Francis Ford Coppola, George Lucas, Harrison Ford. He doesn't do like Carrie Fisher and stuff, which is disappointing to me. But it's, there are times where he'll be in the middle of a, a quote and I'll lose track and just be like expecting to hear background noise or music from the interview that this was, you know, clipped from. Forgetting that it's just an impressionist to begin with. And you can totally get it for free just by listening to Trek FM. Yes. So as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial, to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books or Star Wars books you've yet to read, or that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's Audibletrial.com slash TrekFM, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. And also, Trekfan is a sponsor, a great way for you to take your love of Star Trek and put it into action. At TrekFan, you'll explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. Challenges include communications, engineering, and flight operations. There's internet relay chat, free books through Starfleet Academy, and much more. Best of all, it's absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. Again, that's fm.trekfan.org. And remember to use this special URL so they know you heard about it here on Standard Orbit and Trek FM. Well, Mike, thanks again for presenting us with the unlikely spinoffs of of Star Trek or movies and TV shows that take place in the Star Trek universe.
1: Yeah, no problem. Anytime, you know. Oh, yeah, and there's a few others. There's Next Generation... Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. They all take place in Star Trek continuity, too. Or so I think. That's a stretch. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's tenuous, but whatever.
0: (laughs) Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landry. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit. Ahead, walk factor one. Hi, sir.